Welcome, my friends, to the Depression to Expression podcast. You came to the right episode. If this is your first time joining, this is a good one. And if you're a returning listener, man, like, honestly, welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks so much for your ears. Thank you for wanting to self-improve, grow as an individual. If you're looking to do that, this is the episode for you. We're talking about meditation. And maybe... You're like a lot of people. You've tried meditation, and then you're like, I can't see the benefits, or I don't have the time, or what's the actual point of doing it? I'd rather do something else. I can't focus. My thoughts are racing. If this is your view of meditation right now, if you don't know what meditation is, if you've maybe never tried it, this is the episode. We're talking with Bryant Wood. Now, I first met him last year in Los Angeles at a conference, and I saw him. I'm like, geez, this guy looks really present. Like, what's going on? He just, uh, you ever meet someone like that? Like, they are in the now, man. And I'm so lucky to have him on this podcast where we're talking about meditation, spirituality, what these terms actually mean. Are they objective terms, subjective terms? That's what we want to talk about today. Now, Here's the deal, my friends. This is kind of cool. This is kind of cool. At the end of this episode, I let Bryant know something very, very personal as as we got closer during this podcast together. And uh, the, the very, very, very personal I share with the community on Patreon. And Brian's actually going to be doing some meditations with us together, leading meditations. So if you're interested in that, again, remember, no ads, no sponsors on this podcast. If you're interested in listening to the full entire episode with Brian and joining our guided meditations with him, um, please check out depressiontoexpression.com. And then there's the members button. And you know what to do from there. Cup of coffee a month. That's all it is. I think that's pretty reasonable. And man, for what you get, like just meditating with Bryant was just so special. Voice is soothing. He knows how to guide, where to guide you, uh, what your pain points might be. It was incredible. And I, I'd hope you join us for that. So I'm done chatting. Thanks a lot. And please, if you have any questions about the podcast, or anything you want uh, in future episodes, any special guests you might want on, please let me know. Just go to scott at depressiontoexpression.com. That's the email, scott at depressiontoexpression.com. Toss me one. I'll read it. Cool? All right, I'm done chatting. Here's Bryant in three, two, one. Bryant, thank you so much for coming on the Depression to Expression podcast. Good to see you, Scott. So... Kindred Conference, unfortunately, you know, everything's been canceled, but uh, it would have been so nice to see you in person. It would have been in May, right? Yeah, in May. So since we met at the, the Mental Health Matters Kindred Conference, what have you been up to? So let me just give people a little a little flavor of what Brian, the energy that he gave to me when I met him, okay? And for all you listeners and viewers, you know I'm an honest guy. I can't lie. So when I saw Brian... I'm just like, come on. Maybe he's all talk. You know, he looks like he's one with the universe. So then I stopped and I, I had a little chat with him. And then I said, oh, my God, he is one with the universe. <laughs> it, it was incredible. The, the, there are a few things that I want to talk about throughout this podcast that, I, that you said to me that I still think about on a weekly, if not daily basis today. Sure. Um, so I want to bring that up. Um, but I want to ask, like, how you're doing? How, how are things 
despite everything that's going on? How are you keeping? Um, I'm doing wonderful spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, you know, I, I, I put the, my health first in regards to life right now. And I've noticed I was able to be more effective and more giving to everyone else. So feel grounded, balanced, you know, collaborating with beautiful minds. I think this is a perfect time to do something like this. Do you think this is, you know, is this almost an excuse or it's coming at a certain time where we need to slow down as a species and think about, okay, let's start connecting with one another again on a personal level? Sure. I mean, from my personal experience, that was what naturally started arising within me. You know, my, my dad was going through a divorce. I was, I had the time to do meditation and breath work, him, work, work, breath work with him to, like, you know, heal his heart and connect deeper. My brother was going through a hard time. I had like all this time to spend with him and do like some psychological tools. And it was just like um, the profound effects you have when you don't need to worry about having to do all these things. You need to be completely present at the task at hand. It makes everything more effective because you actually mean it. So like now I'm just doing things because I, I, I always have, but uh, right now it's like you do things because you want to do it and you see the greater impact when you're connecting truly from the heart without, without being able to, you know, there's no, there's nothing pulling you in any direction. You're like, okay, this is what I want to focus on. And I'm choosing this. And then the miracles kind of flourish through that understanding. Okay. That makes perfect sense. But let's rewind a little bit for for my sake too because we chatted a bit when we saw each other in person and met in person but i still don't know a lot about you and your story and i don't know how much of the past you want to travel back into but like how did you get into meditation mindfulness spirituality there are all kinds of things we can we can call it and go into semantics but how did you get to the place that you're in right now mm. well i i one of my favorite things to say, and I journal this a lot, is like everything is a part of the awakening. So no matter what, it's a very specifically curated experiential human existence to wake you up to what is inherently your sovereignty on earth. You know, the spiritual being, this knowledge of eternity, right? So each thing is very, um, is like a mirror to be able to drop into a deeper awareness of what actually you're feeling, what actually is going on without an attachment to the, that being a truth. It's beyond all that. So, I mean, we can go back in time. I mean, I could say, you know, uh, having triplet brothers to play with, you know, having a mom that loved me so much and then having a divorce and seeing that pain and then, you know, spending time with my dad in a unique way, seeing the strength of his creativity and the way he can express his love, you know, and then like running away at 15 and then really diving into like what it means to exist in all these different diverse cultures and like people that took care of me for just the sake of loving me, even if I wasn't their kid, to experience just love unconditionally. So I've had like, you know, many unique sought out experiences. They, I haven't really been subjected to anything. I think my spirit and soul chose kind of a difficult path to like wake up quicker. Um, and then it is also very much energetic too. So like naturally beyond the actual experience, when you take the time to do like breathwork meditation, you start just being the wisdom because it grounds in your physical body and you have that uh, deeper rhythm to navigate the world. That like that pause between anything that you're reacting to that like more of a harmonized response. And again, it's constant rebalancing for me and I'm still practicing that every day. Well, I think that's the great thing about meditation too, is it's not, you finally reach a point, you're like, I'm done, that's it. I, yeah. I, I am the meditation master, right? I, maybe I wish it was like that, but maybe not. Imagine going to the gym, 
10 chin-ups. All right, I'm done for like 10 years. This is good. I'm as fit as can be. Yeah. What what kind of led you to meditation practice? Like why is there a why you practice meditation? Do you enjoy it? Are there things that, you know, some people, I think a common a, a common occurrence with meditation is you can sit with yourself and a lot of people are intimidated and scared to be with themselves actually because we don't know what thoughts might pop up. We don't know what experience we're going to have. It can be pretty scary for some. So what's your meditation practice like now? How has it evolved? What's it done for you? Mm, beautiful questions. So I would keep everything uh, as, as it comes out. Just keep it light in your own ears and awareness because the truth is within your own experience and different modalities that come to you. But it really comes down to the breaking point of your psyche when you're like, all right, from my heart, I want something better for myself. What I've done so far has gotten me so far into the world. How do I let this go? Because this is not me. I know there's something else out there. So it's like, you know, the quintessential existential crisis that we all can um, break through when you re reach that rock bottom where your psychological state is so chaotic. And you're like, how, how can I even identify with this? This is not, you know, who I've known myself to be up until this point. You know, it's some story that I keep playing out and I keep reliving. I'm thinking about the same thing the same way and I need to break through this. So then when that occurs, when you have this like aha moment of like, ah, like the only thing you can do is release the emotions, you know, the, the practices, the wisdom, the random acts of kindness from strangers, the long conversations with, you know, what you consider a guru, somebody dispelling darkness in your body just naturally comes. So like the first step to... Um, I guess a spiritual journey is like, you know, s starting the love and compassion. So you start seeing others with love and compassion and then, and then the wisdom and what you should be doing in the moment, just kind of, it shows you what to do, you know, granted, there's still like the, the mind games of like, should I be doing more? Should I be doing something else? Like naturally what's come to you across your plate is what you should be doing. And if you're seeking from like a beautiful heart, you're not going to get caught up in things that are not good for you. So like I could tell you like, you know, multiple different meditations that I've used that have all, you know, really helped, you know, one being a Siddhartha Kriya, uh, the Siddhartha Kriya from Art of Living Foundation, which is, um, you know, breath work, uh, mantra, and then um, a meditation, which is a really good system. There's like the 10 Tibetans that I use to physically enhance my body with prana. I have like different breaths for detoxing, for creativity, for presence. Like there's many different ways. Like, but if I can naturally say what breathwork has done, it's allowed me to use my own consciousness to not only evolve my soul, but to muster up the emotions I want to exist and then to expel them into my breath and into my existence and start creating the emotions that I want to feel. So I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, woe is me. I'm feeling pressed today, which is so common. You know what I mean? For this world, I'm using this to like overcome it. Cause I'm breathing through it and it's allowing me to release it and then to feel something at a higher vibration, whatever that can be. So that's like a simple way to experience it. And like, you can identify with, with it right now. If you focus on your breath, just on the inhale, if you're feeling your emotions and you feel yourself with love, compassion, joy, play bliss you have a long inhale right and then same thing on exhale when you're surrendering when you're creating when you're loving boom 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 really good but then if you feel like anger if you feel closed off if you feel uh judgment or resistance to what the moment is your breath is short so it's just it's a really good um technology to understand where you're at and then to realign yourself without having the mind think something's good or bad it's a secular experience very interesting so let's say that it can meditation be a way in your personal experience if you're feeling 
just it, it, this is a common experience where we're, we're, we don't feel right. We feel somewhat bottled up. And you're saying in certain breath work and, and meditation practice that you do that you can actually create and expel that anger through the breath work where you can take that maybe short breath, create right. it longer and expel that. Yeah, and there's there's a holotropic breath, rebirthing breath. I mean, there's been different systems specifically for releasing big emotions. Um, the way I normally do that is through the mouth. So the nose is really good for breathing, right? But the mouth is really good for releasing those emotions. And I'm always like, eat on your chest, yell it out. Like what happens is trauma gets stuck in our nervous system as a kid, right? These are learned behaviors. This is like seeing someone doing something wrong and you hold on to that and it like gets imprinted on you, right? What the breath does, it goes into your cells removes these memories and you're able to release it so you're becoming lighter along the way if you think of it that way Whoa. Cool. so okay multiple meditations that that you do and it's hard like let's say you like a bunch of different ice creams it's hard to just re like it's, recommend just one it's but, a thing to do yeah yeah is there, is there a recommendation yeah, absolutely coherent breathing you know i recommend 45 seconds a day to start off with just 45 seconds it's like the breath to connect you to your heart, right? It's just breathing in for five seconds. Breathing out for five seconds. Breathing that, in for five seconds. Is that through the nose, both inhale and exhale through the nose? Yeah, in and out through the nose. Right, you can do the one out too, but through the nose is good. And just think of it like uh, the energy of a wave coming in, coming out. You know, it's that deep rhythm, that deep piece. Why do you think so many people do it once or twice and then give up? Uh, you, you meet a lot of people and they're like, I've tried it. It just didn't work or I don't have the time. And then in the back of my mind, uh, judgmental ass at times, I'm like, you don't have 45 seconds. But why do you think we re resist these things, man? <laughs> it's a good question. Well, I'm going to put it this way. And I hope the viewers can resonate with this because this is a big part of my understanding of how my identity like to experience the world. What happens is we get caught up in experiencing from a certain level of enjoyment and a certain level of pain and pain and pleasure points. So think of it as like previously, I really liked maybe feeling like a negative four and a six, negative 10 being the worst and 10 being the best. Right. And I allowed my experience when I got to a six, when I was feeling pretty good. You know, I had to do something to fuck it up. Like I had to go like do some like whatever feeling, eat some food or like do something like think something negative, like it would drop me back down to a negative four because that's what I liked. I was used to feeling, but then like with breath, it's just small shifts, small steps. So like, it's not about breaking old patterns because those still exist. It's about just forming new, uh, new, um, practices and new patterns to then experience the benefits of those. So it's like, it's not about like, all right, you still have to face all your fears, like, and say, okay, this is how it is. You know, and you make friends with them, but then you bring your awareness to all the things that can benefit your life and just making just that small decision to do something different. And here's the thing within a week, within even a day, you feel the difference of all these things. So when people do quit, it's just, um, it's just their small step to then eventually doing it, you know, mm. in whatever form like it's, and there's multiple systems that have been invented that will come across someone's path eventually. So like there's VR technology for meditation. There's like, you know, so many different religions and vehicles to get you to where we're all going, you know? Hmm. So I, I think that's really interesting. One, I guess uh, a tip for the, the listeners and viewers, take that 45 seconds a day to start. What if, what if we just say even 15 seconds, just, just to, to take that moment to, to observe, to notice, to breathe in, 
to breathe out and be conscious yeah. of what the present moment is like. That sounds, that sounds like you, I, you know, I've kind of created the same narrative trickling around in the, same, in the community of like, you know, just take that time to breathe. But really do it because it changes everything. It's like, it's just, it's just a whole different, it really, like, I could go as far as and say that you shouldn't really respond or react to anything when you're feeling shitty. Like, you should just maybe take the time to breathe and, like, get rid of that first and then act. Because, like, if you act from a place that feels kind of shitty, you know, you're going to create more of that for the person and then for yourself and then your existence is going to be mirrored in it. So, like, it's very important to, like, release it and be, do a human first approach. Like, how's my body? How am I doing? All right. I love you. You need to breathe. I know how to release this. I've done this before. And however long it takes me to get to this like grounded, fun, loving place where I have like, you know, like the rose colored glasses of love when I see the world. Yeah, and then I yeah. can do it because like you have the energy and then you, you always, you have some sort of problem or adventure and that energy can overcome anything if you have it. You know, but if you don't, then it's like, this is a big problem and it feels like this whole huge mountain, but there's really no big or small problems. Just like there's no really big or small judgments when inside yourself. So if anything makes you feel bad, you still take the time to release it because it doesn't matter what it looks like. It's still an energy that lives within you until you let it go. Who knew something so simple as breathing is something so fundamental to feeling better. I think as human beings, we, we want, we want simple solutions, but then I'm all for, for being skeptical, but you know, breathing is very, very simple and it is a beautiful answer to these things, but maybe people are so skeptical and it's like, wait a second, breathing wasn't on the infomercial at 2 a.m. I didn't see any product being sold for breathing. What do you, this can't be it. And it comes from within. It's not a product I can buy. Is this the kind of mentality of resistance? You think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, I think that's, that's, um, you know, those are programs. Those are programs that allow people to be on autopilot and also a big reason why they're feeling the suffering that they are because it's the collective, um, the collective low, lower vibration experience that they have to break through. So like the good thing about those things is that your body will physically feel um, the how that is limiting their spirit in a way. So they'll eventually want to search for something different. You know, like if you look at like Kabbalism, they have like the hierarchy of, of when you search for spirituality, it's like, all right, you know, like kind of like Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like, all right, primitive survival first, you know, then it's the acquisition of wealth and then, and then power and then fame. And then it's like, when all these things don't really do it, what do I look towards? You look to, you look to what, what possibly created me? Who's the one that's actually breathing? What does this really, this experience really mean and what it's about? And then you release all those things and then it becomes something more profound than um, any thought could ever be. Do you think, uh, I think that's a, a really, that's a journey I'm on for sure. It's like, I feel like humans almost have to get to that point when we realize fame, money, fortune, attention doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like we keep chasing these things and we hear from celebrities over and over and over again, money doesn't make you happy. The more you have, it didn't make me any happier. We know the hedonic treadmill, the more money you make, your happiness plateaus, mm -hmm. but we still chase these things. How do we how do we actually know within ourselves that this is all we basically need? Yeah, and it's you know you were taken care of ten years ago. You're going to be taken care of ten years from now. You know everyone's journey has these um, experiences that their soul has kind of sought out to learn certain lessons for their evolution, which is beautiful. Right, so there's always an inner working of what's going on, like metaphysically. But the actually, direct experience you can plant seeds because we have 
free will, man. You could be a billionaire. You could be wealthy. It doesn't matter if you're poor or wealthy. You can learn the same lessons. That's the fun part. You know what I mean? It's just know that you already all these things and that you're just calling it in. So anything that you are fearing or lacking, it's actually just a block to your flow and understanding that, you know, you're not the lack and you're not the abundance, but you can be everything and you can call anything in. So there's that whole aspect to it too, which makes quieting your mind a lot easier when you've already faced all your problems and decided to solve them and then mm. did the work you needed to do. So then you could just, you know what I mean? Take the vacation every day if you need to, to right. be a healthy body physically and spiritually. So, okay, let's move on to two terms that I'd like to talk to you about here. Ones that I've heard a lot in the spiritual world, actually just one. Okay. Actually two. Okay. Let's talk about what, what spirituality <laughs> Is it an objective term? This is number one. Is it an objective term or is it subjective? It depends on the person. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, I'm not your no no if you're in tune with this, but I hear a lot in the world of spirituality is this term manifesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can comment on. Let's go with the first. What what spirituality mean to you, or what sure. does it mean? <clears throat> So um, a couple of different parts. So spirituality is like the inner workings of the heart, I feel, and it's a purification of the heart. So it's a heart first uh, philosophy. And then you have the aspect of religion, which is pretty much, I feel unique to every single person because everyone has their own interpretation of it and they all use it in different ways. So like everyone has, again, kind of like I referenced earlier, their own vehicle to like get to point A to point B, but we're all going to get to the point B eventually. So there it's, thing about breathing it's it's secular so it's beyond all spirituality all religion it's just a state of no mind and beingness um, and then you exist with like non-duality no gender bias no uh, marginalization you're just like okay everything and everyone is special just like myself and i'm treating them like that you know and, and you don't you, you drop into a oneness philosophy where like there is no others there is no there's no inherent difference at the core of where there is to here um so that answers your question on it being a, uh, not objective or subjective. It just, it just is, but spirituality is kind of, a, um, uh, still experiential to the, the magician that putting in all these different moda modalities to find a deeper awareness. I love, I love that. It actually reminds me too, like you're, you're talking about, you know, seeing someone as, as they are and, and how special each of each and every one of us is. There's a, I, I'm reading this book called, it's called The Courage to Be Happy. And yeah. it's the first one was called The Courage to Be Disliked. And they had this awesome definition of what respect is. Yeah. And they had this definition of respect. And I always, and respect is not necessarily someone's, um, you respect someone more because of how they act or what they've done. It was a definition. I don't know it exactly, but it's more you res respect is treating someone for where they are at that present moment. And what they're dealing with at that exact point in time, mm -hmm. showing someone respect for who they truly are in that moment, not what they did in the past, not if they're going to be a success or failure in the future. It's where they are right now. So spirituality almost has a as a as a connection with respecting others as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's sorry about the little noise. Um, it's just fundamental, you know. Uh, understandings too, like simple truths that are objective inherently where they're, you know, we always see in the past. So every time I look at you, I'm still seeing Scott that I met at Kindred that, 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 that. So like you're able to like restructure your mind and, and not try to do your best to not make judgments based off of those past experiences. And then also do, do your best to not see 
intention behind your actions. So I don't see the way you're acting to be anything negative because I don't know what negative is because you're just doing what you know to be the best in your ability for how you want to act right now. And you're fulfilling your soul's purpose in divine and perfect order. And it's all perfect for my own experience as well. You know, so like it's these, these restructurings of your uh, understanding how your mind works and how it projects a story and like this whole thing. And then like, you can like constantly bring it back to like, okay, cool. I'm here. Are, are you, is this implying that you believe that everything happens for a reason? Yes, of course. Yeah. But also, <laughs> after the, the manifesting thing is like the free will and, and free choice is, is your ability to co-create with source. So it's you taking the time to really silence yourself, right? Get divinely connected. And then on the exhale, like I, I bring you back to breath because it's a system. On the exhale, you you follow the creation, you create it out of you, and you still have a connection from your unique, your unique thumbprint, which is your I am that I am presence, which is the construct of all your experiences and, and movements and like everything that's been imprinted in your body in regards to information and experience. And then it comes through you. And then it's like this beautiful like orchestra of how you're creating consciousness in each moment and then experiencing consciousness all around you, you know? So that's like kind of the ongoing flow of um, like the beautiful part of being in this body. <laughs> um, so manifesting has everything to do with you think of, of free will. What is, what is manifesting look like if someone's like i want to manifest a, a ferrari for next sure. month sure so, and let, me, let me dive back into free will because it's good to understand that as well so free will to me is like you're having you have one foot on the ground right and you can lift the other one up but you can't lift the other foot you know so like it's it's you're very much in in intertwined with creating with kind of the divine uh, collective mind too so everyone's inner working but you still have your planet right so like your internal world is definitely um, created by your own unique perception, which could be heaven on earth or could be on hell. Like, how do you decide to perceive these things? Again, if you decide to remove this negativity and, and implant purity and presence, or are you choosing to experience this negativity and projecting it out of the world? Completely up to you, no matter the scenario. You know. Mm. And as far as manifesting goes, it's it's a, a version of divine listening, and then just fully knowing that when I say something, it just is, because that's the only way that it could possibly be. And you've done enough internal work to that there's no internal chatter uh, going against what you want for this world because you're aligned with your soul's purpose. You know what's good for yourself. You know what you enjoy. You know what you can be rewarded for. You know what can benefit this world. You know, it's a whole other level where you, you're reaching a level of consciousness that, um, that brings everyone up together through the action of creation and also this divine imagination that we're all gifted with that you have so much of, that I have so much of, that we get to play with, you know, and then experience divinity through. If, so this is, oh, I'm trying to piece all this together because I, I, what you're saying is, okay, if, okay, everything happens for a reason, we're all in the moment dealing with what is for sure. Is this eventual awakening that people are kind of seeking, let's call it this enlightenment? Um are you, you know, this is this is a troubling part because people think an enlightened state means that someone would be completely happy and in bliss a hundred percent of the time. Mm. But when you when when we started this podcast, you're like, well, sometimes anger needs to come up, and sometimes joy, and sometimes jealousy, and sometimes this and that. So with this awakening, are we still experiencing this full range of emotion? Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, you know, as being all on this path of awakening, there's still a, a more of a physical experience with emotions, with feelings, with um, 
how you're interpreting how you're interpreting energy, how you're interpreting others. Um, that has that that can be released, or you can continue to experience the heaviness of that, right? But even the even the thought of what I think this is, it's not exactly what it is. It's just a physical experience of you becoming lighter, of you moving towards oneness. So, like what the Sufis say is that when they do their coherent breathing, um, or they think, yeah, they they call it coherent breathing. Yeah, they call it coherent breathing. When they do their coherent breathing, they breathe in towards oneness. They exhale towards oneness. So like without saying, with them fully knowing that they're on their path to awakening, right? But knowing that they're not enlightened and, or that since there's a sense of human identity, that there's still a sense of separation and they're, there's all they're saying is I'm moving towards oneness, hmm. you know? So, I but really without, an, without with a real attachment to the actual person identity or personhood, but still allowing the experience to be felt through because it exists. That's the hard part, Brian. Okay, so identity. Oh my gosh, I we struggle with this one. So the the awakening is basically, am, am I Scott anymore? Am I a YouTuber anymore? Am I a public speaker anymore? Because a lot of the time, and I spoke with this with um, a guest yesterday, is a lot of the time, even with, let's say, depression and feelings, will identify with a feeling saying, I am depressed. I am anxious. So you start to identify with these things. And a lot of time in the mental health community, we get diagnosed with some kind of mental illness and we begin to identify with that. And yeah. why would we ever want to completely escape from that? Because we'll lose our entire sense of self. And it's actually pretty scary and traumatic. Is the awakened state one where we don't feel the need to attach is this the buddhist approach of non-attachment yes i would say that i think the buddhist approach the philosophy of buddhism could really help with that understanding you know it's non-attachment non-judgment non-resistance right and the buddhist philosophy was like all right what is suffering and how do i end suffering and those are the things that they came up with right and in regards to it just being non-reaction you know, if you really want to boil it, those things are all reaction qualities and just, okay, no reaction. So again, bringing back to the breath, even though I'm having all these thoughts that I'm stuck in this circular thought pattern that firms my identity and that keeps reaffirming my belief in it because I'm, I train my reticular activating system to look for certain things, you know, and then the world's feeding me those things because my mind's only allowing, allowing certain information in. So it's this really interesting feedback loop, but until you can breathe and pause right? And not have a reaction to that identity or what has been formed and you're able to release it, you slowly form into something more expansive, you know, because, but there's still, yes, you're still all those things, but you're also everything else and you're also none of it. Ah, okay. So breathing, actually, we can go back to the breathing. Breathing's yeah. a way to actually create that space and yeah. identity. Well, try it with me. Try it. So I'm Scott, the YouTuber, right? You know, sit with it. I'm Brian, Brian Wood. And I'm breathing in. It feels like it just swipes away the energetic heaviness of what that thought is. Like it's almost, it just clears it, you know? So like when I first started meditating, whoever's out there, like I, if you're going through like a dark time where like all these chaotic negative thoughts or whatever they are, they say there's good thoughts, then there's better thoughts, right? So let's say the good thoughts, you know, um, that they don't allow you to be quiet. You know, the, it, it doesn't matter if it takes three hours. You just keep working. It's shorter and shorter. Three hours. Then it's maybe two hours this time and you're able to have some peace, you know, and then like 30 minutes. And then finally it gets like, all right, every 10 seconds, I can kind of drop back into that piece. And eventually you can like integrate that transmission a little bit longer. Then it becomes your state throughout the day. 
So it's just, it's just your practice and, you know, it's uh, have fun with it too, because it's like, you're really uh, starting to sense the world on your own terms instead of like habitually from stuff that has been fed to you. So it's about practicing, knowing almost that, okay, I might get no peace out of this session, but let's, it'll continue to shrink and shrink and shrink. Meaning yeah. I'll have more yeah, and more too. Like you never know, like the more you can change your, the, the, it's all about quick stages and changes too. So like, if you're feeling bad, do everything within your power to change that state into a higher vibration. So that doesn't become a mood and it doesn't become like a lived experience continually, you know, like, and you can do that through like cold showers. You can do that for running. You can do that meditation breath work. Like there's many different tools for quick state changes, but it's just, it's just knowing that, all right, when I'm in a, a good state, I can still be in a better one. And how do I get there? You know? this leads perfectly to something I wanted to talk to you about. One thing we talked about uh, when we saw each other and met each other in person was vibration. Everyone was talking about vibrations at Kindred. And I'm like, I'm the guy from the cold north. We don't know about vibrations up there. What are you talking about? And I, I think I experienced it actually, rather than learning about it, I learned through experience where, and I think we spoke about this, like it was such a special time and everyone was kind of on the same page with honesty and vulnerability and and just expressing what they've always wanted to and sharing. And I was like, whoa, okay, now let's learn about vibration because is that what positive or high vibration and frequency was? So I guess my question is, spirituality and vibration, they seem to go hand in hand. You're talking about raising a vibration. What is this energy that's being discussed? Yeah, I think in regards to like this specific talk, it's good to talk about the emotional tonality scale. So there's been emotions and and uh, they've structured in a way like, all right, these are less like lower vibration emotions and these are high vibrations emotions. So like when you feel really good, you know, you're you're in high vibes, like really simply put, you know, obviously I've like, done so much research and it's already been scientifically proven that it's all vibration, all energy. You know, so how does that get interpreted in the real world? And then how do I become like, uh, how do I master my vibration, master my, uh, my energy to call in things that I want to experience? And what are those things and what vibra vibration are those things, you know? So like, again, like on the emotional tonality scale, it's like, um, anger, depression is like one of the lowest. And like, you can use anger to get over depression. You, then you can go like into like gratitude and joy and bliss and enlightenment, like all these different things. And you can go up the scale but it really helps you identifying where you're at based off like the physical experience, your emotional intelligence and interpretation of that. Breath work, breath work is one way to increase vibration. Is there a certain kind of breathing that you do to, if you're feeling depressed, yeah. is there a, a, a yeah. different breathing that you would do? Yeah, sure. So here's a really good one for everybody. It's, it's, it's breathing. You can do like a, a fire breath. So you focus on the exhale in and out through your nose. And you're, just, you're bringing your diaphragm and you're squeezing it in, kind of like your belly button to the back of your spine, and you're just flexing. Then do after like a minute long inhales, then exhale through the mouth and just let everything go. So you're just moving this stuck energy, the static energy, there's like lower vibrational frequency, whatever that could be. Don't identify a story to it and just open it up with your breath, fire breath, move it, inhale it out, and then right, because our breath. We're constantly using it to detoxify yourself. It's our metabolic waste system. Same thing with animals and plants. So like throughout the day, we're releasing like a half a pound of carbon dioxide. So we're naturally detoxing just by breathing. 
but you can enhance it by like doing these practices. And that is like a physical sensation of like the, the mental, the mental expression of the vibration that's going on internally. Right. So like, it, it really is a quick state change like breath. Beautiful. I, man, cool. That was worth my time and the listener's time right there. I appreciate that you have this podcast. And it's oh, so it's good. so fun. This is pure selfishness. Yeah. This you're is great at it too, because I met you in person and then I experienced you on this now, and it's like, whew, you're like pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. There shouldn't be like two identities. I think today we're getting caught up. It's like there's the online and offline identity, which is creating almost two two brains that people are struggling to connect again. Um I, I yeah, think what, I feel your power of purpose and intention with this too. And then the effectiveness of that. We're like, here, I want to get to these things and then share this with the world, you know, and it's just, it's just interesting. To well, people are like, you know, this is a perfect time to talk about breath work and things we can practice while we're socially isolating and keeping our distance. This is a perfect time to practice because once we're all out of this as a species, which we will be people, are you going to, how are you going to come out the other end? Um, which is, this is why this is such a great podcast and thanks so much for coming on. Um, what, I just want to share one thing that, that I visualize when I'm, when I'm breathing, actually, this is for listeners too. I feel like since we're always doing these shallow breaths through the day, I feel like my lungs, let's just think of them as like a little tank of a swimming pool and you're doing little breaths all the time, shallow breaths. And I feel like there's this like stale air at the bottom of my lungs and I feel like when I do a deep inhale, I'm getting that stale air and like toxified air and literally visualizing just like just almost toxins, just boom, they're out of me. Right. I, that's something I've always thought of this, this stale uh, bottom of the lungs because yeah. we're always shallow breathing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a really amazing point. And I would say that's just learning how to breathe properly, which is like the foundation of what you should be doing, what you could be doing throughout the day to enhance like your energy, meditative awareness and focus and creativity. Right. Is like this diaphragmatic belly breathing that Scott kind of explained where this stale energy in your stomach is actually a place where you can breathe into and where is actually the most effective way to breathe from. So you're breathing in from like, you know, as f deeply as you possibly can, but like in your, uh, in your root region and you feel your stomach expand, right. And you feel your stomach contract. And if you can breathe throughout the day, that is a form of breath mastery to me. Like if you want one main goal from breath work, besides like, you know, harmonization with everything that exists, breathing from your stomach that it allows, it allows like this human experience to be graceful and easy. Like you're just all day in expand, you know, out. and then you're constantly detoxifying. You're constantly in real time releasing these emotions that are, get acquired within the experience. Right. And so if I'm breathing, to be honest, if I'm not meditating, it's, it's up here, man. So like, belly, belly right. this, is, so, this, this is what happens is when you're breathing from your uh, upper chest, you're actually tension, like throwing tension on your shoulders and you're doing this like thousands of times a day. You know what I mean? And it's releasing stress hormones in your body. You're not supposed to breathe like this, you know, so your body, mm. and that's what, you know, hypertension, like all these kind of experiences that happen from not breathing properly. So if I literally put my hand on my stomach, mm. I should feel I, it should be coming in and out with this breathing technique. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Super simple. It's a good way to put it too. And like all your blood flows going to your hand, all your blood from, from your hand out to your extremities. Beautiful. 
Okay, that's on next. I'm doing that after the podcast. Brian, I'm going to hit you up with some questions that uh, I received from members on Depression to Expression. Check me out, everyone. You know where to go. Patreon.com slash Depression to Expression. Be part of a cool group. Oh, um, obviously, be sure to follow Brian on Instagram and all social channels. All links are below. Now we're going to hit Brian up with a few questions here. This is this is great. And and Brian, you have not heard these questions before. I was going to share them with him before we started recording, but we decided let's do them all on the spot. Let's be real present here. Um, our friend asked, what do you say to people who have objections to meditation on religious grounds, saying it's a gateway to demonic possession? Now, this is actually something that I've come in, in extreme um, opposition with. Because I've wanted to do workshops with schools, to do to meditation with schools and the kids. And the parents are like, meditation, what is this word? Is this a different religion? This is a Catholic school. So what would you say to this question where, where you know, people have objections on religious grounds? Yeah. Um, I would say that you see schools in America, um, you know, I've personally experienced it where they've already implemented meditation at like the kindergarten to elementary to high school and college level. And like the success and the positive effects that have been acquired from those things being implemented has been so vast. So eventually you're probably going to come across it, you know, and um, it's going to look and feel a certain way that will allow you to really be excited to do it. So I'm happy for that experience for you. As far as it being a gateway to, you said, demonic forces? Demonic, yeah, forces, yeah. You might experience that if your mind's crazy, man. So, like, yeah, no, you're... Double yeah. down your meditation. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. God. So that could have been someone's experience where they're like, yes, I saw demons when I started to breathe right. When I started dropping into what was internally inside me, yeah. That's a scary experience, though. What do we do? Do we look away for distraction and partial attention, or do we go deeper? That's a beautiful question. I always say stay curious, be interested in it. But again, like even with talking about things that are, I say, less productive or good but could be better, like those things that are like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, sharing this story about someone else, for example. You know, mm-hmm. wherever you put your attention towards is what's going to form into your life. So, like, if you face it, great. You know, this is how it is. But then, like, drop your attention back to, all right, you know, what are these other experiences that also live within me? And those will naturally dissolve that. Question answered. Next question we have is whoops, wrong button. So this person actually follows you and they couldn't believe that I was interviewing you. Uh, They they asked a very simple question. What does Brian eat? Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So funny that they said this because I've been so good timing. I've been on quarantine, so we've been eating like, you know, organic, but frozen food, you know, so it's been a little different. (laughs) Whoa. Eating thing from the universe to like make sure you go back to your vegetables kind of thing, you know, but it's just easy because we didn't want to spend too much time, you know, searching at the grocery store. So uh, I normally, you know, like more of like a raw vegan diet, Um, you know, I transitioned from bodybuilder to, uh, you know, a version of a yogi, you know, and I lost, um, lost fat, lost muscle. I feel great, feel healthy, feel light. Um, You know, and I think it's like the simple, you know, know your macros, you know, get your nutrients, 
you know, get your blood test if you can to understand what kind of vitamins you need to like have the most optimized energy, like speed, like again, curious about what's going on internally, because that also directs your experience. Your so serotonin, your cortisol, like your food is really dictating your, you know, some of your physical experience too, as much as the mind is strength strong and spirituality is strong. You also have to like, you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't be eating this much meat or maybe I shouldn't be, you know, eating this junk food, that kind of thing too. So it's all directly interconnected and you eventually learn something that you learn something about your health that because you, you, you just know how important it is, you know? Right. Right. Did, so. were you eating meat and, and having a, let's say American balanced diet, uh, when you were bodybuilding? Oh yeah. Yeah. Six meals a day. I was having like, you know, chicken tilapia. And then I went one day, I was like meditating. Lovely. It was funny. I was meditating and I was like, Oh wait, this is not good for me. I was like, I just knew. I was like, oh, what am I doing? You know, so the next day I just stopped eating meat. Never researched why, really. You know, I was just like, I knew this wasn't it, you know. Oh. Um, now I'm doing like this whole vegan campaign, a global vegan campaign, and you see the health benefits as well. So that was good that it was, you know, uh, the full trust of the leap of faith that I took to stop eating meat was actually good for my body too. Right. Well, you know, let's, let's, we could go over the, the evidence of veganism versus meat eating, junk food, all this garbage. And, but I think anecdotal evidence, like I always encourage people to be the human guinea pig and just try it and see how you feel. And if you feel better on a vegan diet, there's the all there's all the evidence you need yeah and i'm not pressing anything on you too just experience it for yourself you know but be interested in it too because it's a big part of your human experience right right and and as far as you said blood work and and vitamins do you take any supplements do you take those high energy uh one with the universe supplements have you heard about those no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) 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 um i'm taking uh yeah, actually, I just started taking these things. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to figure out what what supplements you use to grow that hair. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm get a hairdresser. That's it. Um, <laughs> this, one's a, uh, this one has eleven different mushroom species in it. Um, Nano enhanced CBD, ashwagandha, kava kava, turmeric, hormus gold. So that's oh, really- ashwagandha. Oh, that's great for uh, anxiety. Yeah, I, uh, memory and focus. Uh, I think that's like, uh, yeah. I think having like those vitamins are absolutely great, but then also just taking it with an intention too, because they're like liquid droppers. So like, this is what I want from it. Boom, you know, you put that in, and it kind of sets the tone for today. Oh, okay. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Intention. Do you um, go into a lot of people use intention before they're taking some kind of drug actually to make sure a trip goes well or something like that? Do you do that before you meditate as well? Set an intention. Oh, that's a beautiful question. Um, I would say forms of that. Yes, there's everything you can do with intention or like it could be ritualized in a way like cleaning the dishes. I love cleaning the dishes and I use it as like karma, a karma yoga where like you're, you're clearing out your mind when you're clearing these dishes, you know, so like simple intentions like that. When I drink water, I'm like so grateful. Let me be like water, you know, I'm like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. There's intentions with every, with everything. I think with my mind, um, having, if it is at a point where some reason I did something I didn't like, you know, cause our minds are very problematic in nature. So we hold on to those energetic threads that, uh, we're trying to understand why that happened the way that it did, even though it just did and it was supposed to you know, our minds hold on to it. And if I need to consciously construct 
or consciously think, I'll do that with affirmation. So that'll be my form of intention sending if I can't allow my mind to be quiet because it's thinking of something negative or good, you know? So you'll re- you'll replace that within the meditation, replace affirmations in the meditation. Like what's the level of perspective of that too? So it's like a perceptual uh, position in yourself. So, you know, I'm feeling this, I feel this of what happened. What was that person thinking? Okay. And then what would a psychologist say? Then what would my higher, higher self say in this action? And then I drop back into my own identity. I'm like, okay, what do I really feel? And then you have a different perspective, a higher of thinking of what that is. And it's healed in real time and you can move on. So our mind is only remembering things 50% of the way of what actually happened. And you can go back and reconstruct that into something that isn't as like energetically heavy or weighs down on your soul. It's just something that can be dissolved and let go of. That is so beautiful. Why have I never thought of that? <laughs> right. Because yes, our I memories mean, are terrible. So and, bad. and eyewitness <laughs> testimony is the worst kind of testimony you can have because people always get it wrong. Yeah. And what they, they create stories Uh, subconsciously and what you're saying is you can do that intentionally and Mm -hmm. reform a memory yeah you can i mean even as like if you have like a really bad one i teach this with nlp you can go back and animate it like if it's really bad like whatever really bad to you right because it's all relative but go back and you can animate it and change it into something funny so there's like a stigma of humor to it too where it's like a little bit lighter you know where you still face it but then you change it and then over the time, you realize it's like, okay, it's it's kind of just repressed itself and maybe even like been let go of. It's wow. like, yeah. That's cool. I love that. Yeah, but also conscious thinking. So with the breath, with the conscious thinking, that's a good way to calm your mind. So like if I'm not completely present in what ex- and feel one with everything that is in this environment, you know, what can I do to like change my perspective or like harmonize within consciously to then be able to let go of it? You're strengthening yourself when you do that too. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, Folks, thanks so much for staying on. This has been one heck of an experience. Let me get another question for Bryant. Um, This is a very common one, okay? Um, And we we spoke a bit about this at the the beginning. Um, Person says uh, he's too anxious to meditate. Too anxious to meditate. So a lot of time we think, okay, the the ultimate solution to anxiety is breath work and meditation. People may be too anxious to sit with their thoughts. Are there different kinds of breath work to do? Can we do an active meditation? What do you think about that? Yeah. So there's walking meditations. He could go for a run or shower um, and then just kind of release um, his current state. You know, so he can elevate himself with maybe like 30 minutes of reading a book to change and put more new information in him. He could, um, you know, he could dance it out, get into a sense of flow. If he's anxious, like transmute it through dance and then try to find after he's already moved all that energy, find and sit and integrate that piece that he created um, or she, whoever that is. Um, and yeah, there's you, you really it's it's. When you're in the mind so much, and I, I, I make that relative to anxiousness, you know, because your past, future, you're thinking in the now, whatever that is, you're experiencing something other than physical body, you can heal it through the body. So like you can massage yourself, you can go for a run, you can move energy here. And when you're in the body, it heals the mind. So it's a lot easier process than like trying to understand why the mind's doing the thing it is, because there's no understanding it. And that's the trick of the mind. Mm. So to actually, if the mind's not working for you, getting into that headspace, let's use the body, my friend. I love the the dancing as well. And, you know, you can put on some 
high energy but or, or even calming music depending on what state you want to achieve music has been a massive healer for me i can't go a day without listening to music i want to do the silent retreat stuff but i'm like but there's no music how am i gonna survive this no so music's a huge healer have you done any silent retreats um i'm gonna do one in december with my uh dear friend and business partner frank uh, we're gonna do a 10-day vipassana that's what they're called um, I've done like short ones, like, you know, two days, uh, and I've, I've really felt the benefits of it. It's just, you stop, like you stop seeing things for what you think they are. And then you start like the imagination is like, it's almost a breakthrough through the imagination. And like, you're, you, I like found myself so funny and like, I don't know, it was really beautiful. Um, and I was able to like journal and really know what experiences that I wanted to create and live. So it's just, it doesn't take much to get back to that, like you know, who you really are feeling, you know, it just takes a little bit of silence. Uh, the 10 day, is that one in New York? There's one in New York. Um, this one in Palm Springs, but I think okay. we invite you to that one in New York. Maybe? I think so. That was the plan at least, but uh, it was supposed to be in the summer and that probably won't be happening, but there's well, one going in December. If you want to go. I, that would actually be really cool because mm-hmm. I wanted to do one. There's one up North here about an hour and a half North, but uh, it's, it's donation only. It's free. Uh, but but it's always the waiting list is massive. A lot of people want to experience this. I would say from my my experience with meditation, this is like another really leveling up experience and initiation to go through. And what I can philosophically understand, even though I haven't done it, but I've experienced versions of it through my mindfulness, is that what happens is your subconscious has all these, uh, is holding on to all these stories or, or patterns or programs or narratives right and they naturally arise within your dreams and you wake up in a different state and you experience that state throughout the day because of your dreams and because of like your subconscious unconscious tendencies which we all exist in and exist through because it's the best way for us to use up less energy you know we're we're doing what we know to have done in our past experiences that have accumulated into the now you know but with vipassana like not only do you clear the subconscious fluctuations of the mind you know, and let them come up and naturally dissolve and not identify with them. But you're cultivating more presence and awareness, which creates for what I call autonomy, you know, an authentic expression of source in the now. So that's my intention going is like, all right, radical presence, you know, how can I, you know, right. Like, what, how cool is that? You know, if not, I experience it most of the time, but really honing in and then allowing that to be like my truth of the experience for the rest of my life. Wow. And I've heard that people that go on these retreats, like the feeling and the experience lasts mm-hmm. like it's 10 days, right? You're going for yeah. like, that's a long time to be quiet. So yeah. I'm sure there's going to be some serious breakthroughs. Uh, keep me updated offline. I, yeah. if, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a heck of an experience yeah. in Palm Springs. Plus it's in December, so it'll be warm. I can escape the winter. Yay. Um, Brian, uh, a tradition here on, the depression to expression podcast is you get the mic for the, for however long you want for the last little bit and any message that you want to send to the listeners, ones that maybe, you know, at this time, uh, people might be living alone. People might be going through a hard time with the news, the unknown, um, anything you want to say to the audience, the mic is yours. It's good to see ourselves again. Um, Hmm.
there's nothing that I could tell you that um, that you, you wouldn't find more beneficial to come up with on your own terms, you know? So I, I think if it feels right, follow that. And you're consciously programming yourself all the time. So um, just be aware of those things and the feelings of those things as well. You know, feed your soul, feel, feed the stuff that makes you, you know, stuff to get up in the morning, you know, feel gratitude, feel bliss, feel joy, um, you know, interact with your loved ones and just do the things that um, maybe even put on the back burner, you know, that you used to do when you were a kid. You just allow for that uh, playful fun to naturally arise within you and then just radical forgiveness, you know, forgiveness for every, you know, action you've ever done for anyone's action and know that like um, you are not those things and you're, you, you're, uh, have a beautiful, really beautiful time right now mm -hmm. to be seen for how you can give to the world and what you truly want to experience and create that. So I, I say that, um, now is the time to really see what you're made out of, you know, what feelings do you want to muster up? What emotions do you want to create? It's really important now than ever, you know, as it always been, but now it's a very specific, unique time to really, um, become and, uh, get out of this chrysalis stage and really flourish as a butterfly. Um, and you're special, you know, you have these inherent gifts and through breath work, through meditation, they will just be, and you'll be able to activate them, you know, and, and use them and trust that. So uh, if you go for the highest hanging fruit first, everything else will be taken care of. So if you go through your spirit first, if you go through whatever your creator is, your religion and focus on that, like all these other things will just um, take care of themselves. You heard it here first. We're going to end on that. Brian, thank you so much for joining everyone. All of Brian's links are in the description to hear a lot more of this wisdom, high energy, beautiful, um, just beautiful knowledge coming from Brian. So feel free to follow all links below. Stay strong, everyone. Keep being you and express yourself. Express yourself. Yeah, let it out.